Welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here. After Kansas got a much needed and you could argue fun win over Texas Tech 79 to 63, KU led wire to wire in really what was a beatdown. For the majority of the first half, Kansas had a double digit lead after it jumped out to a 21 to 9 run. Allen Fieldhouse was the loudest it has been all year. The atmosphere was electric. The play on the floor was incredible for KU. I mean, Bill Self said it was possibly the best half of basketball he's seen this team play this year. And it kind of felt like that KU needed a performance like this. It had been a tough past couple weeks. I mean, you just think back in the past two weeks. A week ago, you lose to Kentucky. You know, then Tuesday, you lose at Texas. And then before that, I mean, you lost at West Virginia and then came back and won against Iowa State at home. So Kansas has been a little bit of a rut these past couple weeks, but this performance today was really positive. I mean, you score 46 points in the first half. That's the most they've scored in a half this season. I mean, overall, just you couldn't have asked for a better performance. I mean, KU started 5 of 7 from behind the three-point line, and really made Texas Tech's defense look like frauds. Texas Tech defense isn't a fraud. I mean, they are incredibly good. They've held opponents to 56.8 points per game going into the game today. But Kansas just outplayed them. And the way that they moved the ball on the offensive end, I mean, they did this thing where Diedrich Lawson spent the majority of his time out on the perimeter, especially in the first half, which helped open up the floor for fellow teammates and this is something that KU had experimented with throughout Big 12 play I mean I thought against Oklahoma and Texas the first time that they played those two teams Deidre Glosson played a role outside of the paint but then tonight you really saw him predominantly spend his time outside of the paint and on the perimeter and that opened up driving lanes for KU players and I thought it was really interesting that Bill Self said going into the game that it was going to be really important for KU to move the ball side to side against the Texas Tech defense that really likes to shade to one side, where sometimes they'll be basically perpendicular to their man in order to force them one way, and it's usually to the baseline. So what Kansas did to counteract that was had Diedrich Lawson stand at the top of the key and basically act as a blocker and have guys cutting in and around Lawson so Lawson would be setting screens for guys to get them open looks. I mean, you saw so many guys getting open looks throughout the game. I mean, Diedrich Lawson in the first half, he went three of three from behind the arc. He hasn't made three threes this season. That's one off of his career high, which he had four made threes against Tulsa back when he was with Memphis. Quentin Grimes went two of five from three. Devon Dotson went three of five from three. Gerald Vick went three of four from three. Ochai went one of four. I mean, that's not something that you've necessarily seen. He's been one of the more consistent three-point shooters for KU this season. But then after that, I mean, Charlie Moore didn't make any threes, and then KJ made one. Uh, He went one of three. And I'll get into the bench performances a little bit later because I was really impressed with how the bench played. But overall, just KU was able to get open three-point shots. It felt like throughout the game, I mean, Diedrich Lawson in the first half was able to nail him because 
Texas Tech kind of sagged off and necessarily wasn't overplaying his three-point ability. But then you saw, I mean, in the second half, Lawson went back kind of inside of the arc and didn't attempt another three, but instead went to kind of his old-school post moves that you've seen him do throughout the season. For me, my player of the game was... Diedrich Lawson, I mean, there are so many people you could choose from, but I felt like Diedrich Lawson was the best player on the floor for the 28 minutes that he was actually on the floor. I mean, he did struggle with fouls in the second half, ended up fouling out with a couple minutes to go, but the game was already in hand. I mean, he's got, he got his numbers, 25 and 10. At this point, you can... Ch- you can chalk Diedrich Lawson up for 20 and 10 every night. I mean, there have been some nights where he gets 10 or 7 rebounds. Uh, I mean, you even saw against Baylor, he had 3, I believe. But basically, consistently, you can expect him to get 20 points and 10 rebounds. He did that for you tonight. Got to the free throw line a couple times as well. Did it efficiently. I mean, this was just a great Diedrich Lawson performance all around. But I thought that he was really the dominant factor in the first half. I mean, he had 16 points of his 25 in the first half. But I really thought that then in that second half, Devon Dotson really took over. And if you were to give out, you know, player of the game for the first half and second half, Devon Dotson would definitely be worth it for the second half. Dotson went 7 of 12 from the field, scored a career-high 20 points, went 3 of 5 shooting from 3 That was the biggest thing that I took away from this, from Devon's performance, was his shooting from behind the arc. I have been of the opinion that he should be shooting more, but then he kind of went into a little bit of a slump these past couple weeks where he wasn't really finishing around the rim as well as he's been known to. But I really felt like tonight he did a good job of mixing it up. I mean, you saw kind of the old-fashioned driving dishes from him. I think at least two or three times he drove in and then dished it out to another teammate. And that's what you would really like to see from Devon. And from there, that really opened up his game from behind the arc, where a lot of his looks that he got were wide open. And that's something that just hasn't been happening for KU this season, is knocking down wide open looks. I'd love to see what the actual numbers are on what would be considered you know, wide open looks and how KU shoots on those. But for a good chunk of this season, KU has really struggled to knock down some of those open shots. I mean, I can remember specifically some of the games earlier in Big 12 play where Devon Dotson or Quentin Grimes were wide open and they still couldn't knock down a three. So I think that tonight's performance are really encouraging for Devon Dotson and his shooting. He's not going to go three of five shooting, you know, consistently. But if he can go and be a guy that makes one, maybe two a game from here on out for the rest of the season, that'll help add on to what he's already averaging per game. So overall, Devon Dotson did play really well on the offensive end. But also, what he did on the defensive end, I think, could go unnoticed. But he made some really key steals where he got the ball and then took it coast to coast when Texas Tech was kind of starting to feel like they were getting back into the game. I think they had made it maybe a 13 or 15 point game and they looked like they were starting to, you know, get things going. But then Dotson came up with really two big steals. He finished with three in total. But overall, I really just thought, you know, Devon Dotson, great performance from him. So moving on, I really thought LaGerald Vick had a, a, LaGerald Vick's season in a nutshell in this game. He started off on fire. I mean, he went 4-4 to start the game with three threes. You know, was one of the best players in the first 15 minutes of the game. But then really, outside of that, he kind of faded out of the game. You know, 
he missed his next three shots for the rest of the game, and that's all he took in the second half. I did think that he did a really good job of rebounding the ball. Uh, he got one offensive rebound, which is always good for Vic, but I think more specifically, he did a really good job of doing the dirty work on the defensive end and doing the defensive rebounding because that's something that KU hasn't necessarily had from its wings is that defensive rebounding presence. And I think that's why you've seen KU get out-rebounded by opponents, but they didn't tonight. I mean, they only got out-rebounded by three. I think that's really good going against a Texas Tech team that doesn't necessarily, you know, rebound the ball all that well. But KU is still without Marcus Garrett and Marcus Garrett is a, a pretty solid rebounder by my estimation on the defensive end. So I really did like that aspect of Vic's performance. Um, I mean, he did get two assists as well. Uh, but overall, really just a, an up-and-down performance from Vic. I thought he was good in the first half, you know, kind of just disappeared in the second half. Ochai Baji, to me, played really well in the second half. I mean, he had, I think it would have been, two lob dunks from Charlie Moore to Ochai. Um, and I can get, I can kind of do Charlie and Ochai in one little segment here. Um, the two of them really showed a nice chemistry. I think we haven't really seen as much from Charlie these past couple games since Ochai had been introduced into the lineup and they removed that red shirt. But I really thought that Charlie Moore played well tonight. He didn't shoot the ball all that well. I mean, he went 1 of 5 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3. But I think the biggest thing that he contributed was 6 assists. And that's not something that he has done this season is create shots for others. What you've seen him do is go in and search for his shot. And he hasn't necessarily been the guy to, hey, I'm going to go in to get other guys' shots. And I really like that that's what he was doing tonight. And, you know, you don't know how long Marcus Garrett is going to be out. So this performance from Charlie is a really good building block going forward. You know, you can't expect him to come out and get six assists every game, but it's something that is a positive step in the right direction for more. And then with Ochai, I really like that he was on the defensive boards all game. He finished with 10 points. 10 rebounds, his first career double-double, but he had nine defensive rebounds. I mean, he had more defensive rebounds than Deidre Glosson. Deidre Glosson had eight, Ochai had nine. The next closest would have been Legerald Vicu at five. I mean, Ochai Baji was so good on the defensive end. I mean, he even chipped in with, you know, three assists. I cannot say enough good things about how Ochai has been playing. I mean, he even played 33 minutes. Just a great overall performance from him. I mean, the dunk that he had where he basically dunked on David McCormick was awesome. Um, there's a great photo out there. Uh, one of the photographers from the Kansas City Star has it. And it's basically David McCormick looking back and up at Ochai as Ochai's about to dunk it. And you can see Ochai's head is literally up against the backboard. Just a great photo, a great performance from Ochai. And a really, you know, he's solidifying himself as one of the most important players on this Kansas team. Overall, moving in kind of the bench in general, I thought you got some pretty solid minutes from uh, KJ Lawson, who always fouls too much. I mean, it's a reoccurring theme with him. I think he had, what, two fouls in six minutes. Um, he did make a three. I thought this sequence there was pretty funny. Um, he thought he got fouled on going for an offensive rebound. Then Key went down, got a stop, and then KJ called for the ball at the top of the key. And as soon as he got it, um, I was sitting next to Scott, and Scott basically was like, hey, well, he's shooting this. And you know, as soon as he caught the ball, he went up and shot it and it went in. And it's just, with KJ, it's whatever you can get from him is great because he does bring that energy and he's a guy that fights for those extra possessions and KU does need that going forward. 
I thought Mitch Lightfoot, David McCormick both gave you some meh minutes. You know, I thought David was okay in the time that he was in there. Mitch as well. But just overall, being able to get what you got out of Charlie Moore, I think, is a real positive from this game because he hasn't necessarily been someone that has offered many positives for the, you this year. I mean, he basically got played out of the rotation um, these past couple weeks with Ochai really stepping up. So kind of going into the last performance of the game that I want to talk about, um, Quentin Grimes, I, I really don't have a feel for how Quentin Grimes played in this game. I'm not sure if it's you know, me looking at his three-point numbers and being like, okay, well, he shot 40% from three again. That's pretty good. But then you kind of look at his overall numbers, and he went two of seven from the field um, with those two makes being three. So then he went, you know, I, just overall, I don't have a good feel for how Quentin Grimes played in this game, and I have no problem admitting that. I think that this was a meh game from him, but, I mean, he also had four assists. So I think that really this was a game where – you're struggling to find people that didn't play well because KU as a team played so well. I mean, they scored 79 points against a team that, you know, is one of the best defensive teams in the country. I mean, it's just a, a really good overall game. And I really do think that emotions did have a part to play in this. I mean, you had the Silvio de Sosa ruling come down yesterday. Um, and then you also had Marcus Garrett go down with an injury, and it really did feel like the, those first minutes of the game were KU venting and letting something out. And with the crowd, too, I mean, the crowd was awesome tonight. And I really think that it was a combination of it was an old-school KU basketball game because I can't remember the last time KU got off to a hot start at Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, even last year's team did not get off to many hot starts at Allen Fieldhouse. And I think that that was a really important thing because KU, going forward, they have not been good on the road. As long as they can hold serve at home, I think that that is going to go a long way in letting them get back to winning another Big 12 title. Going forward, you know, Marcus Garrett, I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for. Bill Self didn't have a, a huge update for us after the game. He said that Garrett is questionable for Tuesday's game against Kansas State. But if you can get what you got, you know, from you guys tonight and they can replicate this performance at Kansas State, you may not need Marcus Garrett, but you also are going against basically, you know, your biggest rival for the Big 12 title right now. And you need someone that's going to guard Barry Brown because Devon Dotson is great, but he does get into foul trouble. And we've seen that when he gets into foul trouble and he is not on the floor and you're forcing other guys to have the ball in their hands, that KU's offense does not look the same. So having Marcus Garrett back to guard, you know, K-State's best ball handler and K-State's arguably best wing guard, you know, whatever you want to call it, that's going to be really important. And also, I mean, whoever matches up on Dean Wade, I'll also be interested to see how that works out, who KU throws at him, how KU looks to defend him, because Dean Wade is one of the best players in the conference. But that's going to do it for us tonight. As always, you can stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of KU coverage. We've got a ton of good stories coming from this Texas Tech game. And then we will also have some really good stuff looking into the Kansas State game. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at mswain97. And you can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at Scott. And with that said, we will talk to you Tuesday night after the Kansas State game.